Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast. With you as always is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. Tonight's guest I met when I was working at Nordstrom. And you know what? I've had lots of people on the show whom I worked with there. And the reason for that is because, you know, I was in a transitional period of my life. And, you know, I was working in the field of education. And, you know, some of the people I worked with are quite stiff. You know, they really didn't have much personality. And they didn't make me feel alive. You know, they didn't make me feel like... um like I was happy to be working alongside them, but things flipped upside down when I, w- I started working at Nordstrom. My position was in the coffee shop and behind me was uh, women's shoes and salon shoes. And everybody that I met there was just super nice to me. And, you know, I, I, I enjoyed, you know, I was the manager and I was allowed to give out some free drinks. You know what? I gave out quite a few free drinks there. And the reason <laughs> I did that was because, you know, I just really enjoyed the company and like, you know, the friends that I made there, they were just real. And like, there's this like saying real respect, real, you know? And it's like, when you come across somebody like that, you know, like you gravitate towards them because they speak the truth. And, um, I never forget like, um, tonight's guest, we both shared a very, very, um, infectious enthusiasm for the track that was released by Jay-Z. And I'm talking about Picasso baby. And like, when this album came out, I just, I fell in love with it, man. And I was just like, holy shit, dude. And like, I just, I actually listened to the album this morning when I was on my run and I was just like, wow, this album still sounds good. And I never forget the time he came around the corner and he started, he started like uh, a couple of the verses and I was just like, damn, dude, this, this is like such a, such a great moment in time. Interestingly enough, not only did he continued to work there but he met his future wife there so i mean like when you're working at nordstrom the last thing you're gonna actually this is the second person i know who got hitched because they met somebody at uh nordstrom isaac Wendell is somebody else as well but you know this this character um he's a big heart you know and he's really into fitness he has his own podcast and i mean it couldn't be a more important time i feel to bring him on the show uh we were going back and forth so i'm really happy to bring him in right now and i'm talking about Mr. Kevin Dublin, a.k.a. Colossal Kev. How are you, sir? Yo, yo, yo. What's up? What's up? Um, I'm good, man. I'm happy to be here. And like I said, man, I've always been a fan of you and everything I've done from Nordstrom Days to uh, Bobcast. You know I mean? I've, I've always followed the steps. And, you know, like you said, real's going to respect real. So I've always, you know, trying to give you your roses while you can smell them. You know what I mean? What's I mean, what was up with that time period? Wasn't that just the best time period? You know what I mean? Like, I'm talking like 2011, 12. Like everybody was just like, everybody just was like living. I mean, like we had a store manager, it sucked and she left and then everyone started making money. You know what I mean? And like, I just remember, you know, I mean, talking with you, talking with Isaac, talking with Josh, you know what I mean? Like we just had a good time, man. And it was just like the world was ours, you know? It was, man. And I think uh, a lot of that is due to like, I have a saying that, you know, water seeks its own level. And a lot of that is, you know, a lot of like-minded people, uh, carry the same values and morals that were that Nordstrom recruited. So shouts out to them. I mean, our store manager, she was a pain, but once she was gone, you know, I think that uh, a lot of us kind of flourished and spread our wings. And kind of like your intro, man, uh, there's a lot of us that have actually ended up hitched and together after that whole, you know, 2011 through 2013 kind of kind of run we had there. Um, it was it was literally water seeking its own level, man. I'm I'm such a loud mouth person and a big personality that, you know, if I if I love you, you're gonna know, and if I if I don't love you, you're gonna know. So I think, you know, those relationships that have lasted the, that that almost a decade now, you know what I mean? That that shows 
true, true, true friendship and true, you know, respect and moral for sure. Yeah, you know what's crazy? I mean, I had Dre on the show, uh, the, the I think it was a couple months ago, and it was actually yeah. before COVID and stuff. And like, it was when we were in real life sitting across from each other, not through the computer screens. And uh, it was funny because like he, he didn't know if he should bring up her name or not. But yo, Lindsay Pierce, if you're out there and you're listening yeah. to this, what's up? With you? Hopefully you're listening. What's up with you, huh? Are you still like walking around like that? Like, you know, like wanting to like pick on everybody for shit? Like she yelled at me because there was a stain in the marble, man. The marble yeah. is built that way, lady. I can't wipe <laughs> off marble, you know? And look, I'm not one to throw people under the bus, but I'm also somebody to stand up for other people. And she was a bully, man. You know what I mean? And it was like, it just sucked, you know? And it was just like, they got her out of there. I mean, yeah, I, I, re I recall... I think one of the things that I still think about with Nordstrom is its principle of the upside down triangle. You remember that? Like I was like, uh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I was like, we're, you guys are at the top and we're at the bottom, you know? And I was just like, okay. And then like, you know, I, I just think about that all the time. I remember sitting in that, that, uh, that meeting that, um, you know, like when they would like want you to come in and like learn their principles and stuff and thinking like, okay, that's kind of cool. But I mean, like there's so many great things to come out of that time period, you know? And it's, it's crazy too. I never really thought of it that, multiple people got hitched from working together yeah, it's uh and it's still going man and i think it's a beautiful thing it just you know like i said it showed who we were you know they were recruiting like-minded individuals obviously yeah and it's interesting because it's like i mean like that time period too is like you know i mean like i think about a lot about like this, the state of affairs back then you know like and how you know like who our president was and like just how things like flowed and like that jay-z album you know what i mean like uh you know and just like that time period was just such a, a a hopeful time, you know, and like it felt like good things could could continue. And, you know, shit kind of got turned upside down the last couple of years, you know, and like current events, they're very they're very difficult to talk about. You know, they're very difficult for I'm just going to be honest because this is my show. It's difficult for white people to talk about. It's difficult for white people to talk about were pissed off about it because they have never had an ounce of racism course through their veins, but they have to sit back and watch this type of infection spread through our communities. I'm talking about racism in general. And I do believe that, you know, you're not born racist. It's like a disease you catch and shit. And then you spread it to other people because of like your institutionalized beliefs about like, you know, a superior race or like some shit like that. And, you know, I haven't really spoke about it on my show and I haven't done a show in like the last two weeks because like, it's hard to talk about. And I, you know what I mean? Like I would rather have somebody come on the show and talk to me about how they're feeling right now. And, you know, I mean, you're a very strong individual, not just physically, but also mentally. And you've got yeah. that mindset of just being like, you know, it's going to be all right. You know what I mean? Like, and like you have this positive, like, or that follows you. And like, I thought that it would be good for you to come on the show and talk a little bit about how you're feeling right now. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, first and foremost, thanks for having me, bro. Um, and shouts out to you for all those free coffees. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, you know, I'm, I'm overly optimistic because honestly, I have to be, you know, as uh, systemic racism and oppression is something that I've dealt with firsthand. And it's and it's something that I've learned to um, combat in a different way. You know, uh, my state right now is we're going to be all right to quote the great Kendrick Lamar. And um, I say that, yeah, man, and I say that because I truly believe it, man. And I think me being part of it, right? You gotta, to implement change, you gotta be part of it. You gotta be boots on the ground and, and really wanna, 
want to see change and unity, um, but also just want to see your people bigged up, man, because we've been stepped on for so long. Um, I'd be lying if I said every time I turn on the news or, or flipped up Instagram and I seen some heinous shit that I, I didn't want to, you know, rage and, and throw hands or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, beating somebody ass or, you know, putting my hands on somebody, that's easy. You know, I, I boxed my whole life. I played football. I'm physically gifted. So that, that comes easy to me. Um, but, you know, when you really want to beat somebody, you know, people don't like losing their money. You know what I'm saying? They don't like losing power and respect. And that's how you really got to beat this thing, man. And, and part of that power, man, is strength in numbers. So, you know, for me, it's, it's, you know, teaming up with your allies, man, and, and knowing the real from the fake and who's a real ally. And let's go in this, this thing and let's turn it upside down in a good way, you know? So I, I truly believe that, man. And that's something I'm standing solid on. I mean, I have, I have my own principles and beliefs. You know, my father was a prominent black figure growing up. You know what I'm saying? He was a figure in the neighborhood. And just for kids that, that didn't maybe have their, their peoples around or their pops around, you know? And my dad always preached that, man. My dad's a nation of Islam product of, you know, Malcolm X, you know, who every white person probably thought Malcolm X was a fucking terrorist, you know what I mean? But um, clearly that's not the case as I'm marrying a white woman. And my dad loves her, you know? So it, it, it goes to show you that, you know, there is uni unity that can be had. And I think you got to have those like-minded individuals leading, leading the way for that. Um, so for me, current mind state is, man, we're going to be all right. Let's get it. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to do it. So that's where mm -hmm. I'm at with it. It's, it's um, like I was saying, I, I briefly chatted about it uh, like two weeks ago. And I was saying, you know, I mean, now is the time more than ever to keep the message going strong and not make it a, like a band around your wrist, not make it like a bumper sticker, not make it like some hashtag bullshit. You know what I mean? Make it something that's like the change you want to see, you know? And it's like, this shit's gone on way too long. You know what I mean? And it's like, from my perspective, it also, it's, 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 it's tough to, to witness ra racism happen. And it's, it's difficult. Cause like, even in the last like couple of weeks, like on social media, like if it wasn't for this, this show, I would delete all the social media. Like, I just, I can't, I couldn't believe how many people, not only am I associated with, but also people whom I'm related with who are right. posting racist ass shit online and it's like it's just it's a weird thing to you know what i mean like when you come from a place where like hate it just doesn't you know what i mean like i should i mean like yeah like i i hate it when she'd be yelling at me about the marble and shit like can you wipe that down but you know what i mean like i never would hate somebody because of the way they looked how they right. smell, you know what i mean like it's just this weird thing that happened to humans where you got like we we allowed ourselves to make opinions about other people because they look different and it's like well don't you like shit that's different you like vanilla ice cream all the time you mean to tell me you don't want some strawberry and chocolate thrown in there every now and then you know like it, it's weird to me man and it's just like and also too it's like a lot of the and like i'm not trying to um to uh categorize people but it's it's a, it's a shameful thing that it happens more than not that these same people who are racist are also very religious they that's a common, uh, that's a commonology, I guess, is what I'll call it. Um, and and even with that, man, people hide behind. They hide behind what's bigger than them, right? So you can hide racism with religion because you know religion's been here before A.D. B.C. Whatever. If you're a religious person, so that's a big thing. That's a big thing to get behind and kind of cover up your 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 racism. You know, same with patriotism. You know, I feel a lot of people throw that shit out there. You know, that's just the easy way to cover up what you're really feeling. 
Um, but you know, there's there's two people that tell the truth, man, or three rather. It's, it's babies, drunks, and angry people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so when you get when you get all of them together, people are angry right now, and you seeing it, man. Like I, you know, I've I've worked in fitness for years, and you know, people that I've associated with, you know, that I thought maybe, eh, you know, maybe a little funky or maybe they were solid. But you see it real now. You know, people are angry, and their anger is forcing them to speak their true, emo- you know, their true feelings. And for me, I ain't gonna argue with no fool or no baby, man. I'm just gonna draw my line in the sand, and and I'll, I'll move forward with the right fight. You know, um, that because that's what I'm on, man. I'm I'm going to eventually bring children into this world that are biracial, and they're gonna understand fully who they are as as black people in this in this world. So, um, and I and I don't plan on hiding or sugarcoating anything to them. And I think that's very important, man. I meet, I meet, you know, people that I work with now and I've worked with in the past that are biracial and, you know, they were raised one way, you know, which was white and they, and they don't understand, you know, what it is to be black, even though when they go out in society, you're viewed as a black man or a black woman or a black, you know, however you classify, you know. And um, I, that's one thing that I, I, I always, you know, speak on with, with Carissa and um, we're just very, we're on the same page about that, man. Uh, you see it far too often that, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the biracial product, you know, byproducts of us would, are a little bit confused um, and, and where they stand in society. So I, I think that's one of the messages I also want to push um, with, with whatever platform I have, you know, is welcome, welcome that in and, and kind of, you know, give them the knowledge that maybe they didn't have. I actually, um, I won't give her name, but I met a young lady uh, that I worked with for the past three years. You know, she's a, half white, half black, and she's young. She's probably, I think she's 22 now. And uh, she, she, one day she just broke down to me, man. Like I gave a, 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 a quick speech on diversity and inclusion for my for the company I work for. And uh, she just reached out and, and she was like, hey, I, you know, I feel like, you know, I, I don't fit in and X, Y, Z. And she didn't really even understand what it was, you know, for black culture. You know, she didn't understand that because she'd been raised by her predominantly white family, you know? And I, and she, and it's just funny, I ain't that old, but, you know, she started calling me her father because of the knowledge that I was giving her on, on this side. You know, you got to know, you got to know your history, man. That way you can't be fooled. Yeah. And you know, it's a really, it's a shitty thing that like, you know, like, um, like I was, I was talking to somebody um, recently about it and it's just like, I mean, like. I went to a really like uh, I mean you know, I live in the suburbs of uh, Philadelphia and you know I went to a school that's predominantly you know like all white you know and rich and you know uh, middle class whatever you know and like it just sucks that like American history was not presented to us in the way you know like like literally like you know all them like you know cats down Philly right now who are like looking at them statues and like if Christopher Columbus and be like don't take this guy away from us that's the shit that they were taught they were taught yes Christopher Columbus came over here. Right. And he was like, yo, let's make America great, man. No, he didn't do that shit. He came right. over and he was like, yo, you don't believe in Jesus? We're going to kill your ass. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to rape your women. We're going to take your harvest. We're going to burn your land. And we're going to make you walk this trail until you get some sort of, what did they get? They got um, drawn a blank. But I knew they got sick because they were cloaked in, like, um, garments that were, like, infected and shit. And it's just like, right. look, m- men in general can go ways they could be evil or they could be good you know what i mean it's, just, it's part of life the good and there's bad you know and like look not every colonist that came over here had hate in their heart but look this cat did come over here and mess up shit and then also too the fact that we enslaved people 
like like it, I remember thinking like to myself like I mean I became aware of the situation when I was about eleven or twelve, and I started right. reading, and I started seeing films about it and being like, is this like I remember um, what was the movie with Gene Hackman in it? Um, Mississippi Burning. I remember watching that. Oh, that's, that's a rough one. Yeah, and I was like, I, I I can't remember. I might have been eight or nine, you know, and I watched it on my own, and I remember like making these like you know these connections and being like, wait a minute, is this the truth? You know, is this really what happened? How could we do this to people? And how could we like, like allow that type of injustice to happen? You know, and it's like, it just sucks. And it's like, I mean, like, like in hindsight today, I mean, within the news of like, you know, Friday becoming a holiday and stuff like that, I think it would be a great opportunity for schools to use that as a tool to teach more about slavery. Teach, you have to, you have to let these kids know that shit wasn't good back in the day, but we're, we're trying to make it good now, you know? And it's just like- Gotta write the wrongs, man. Yeah, and like, you know, for me as, you know, as a, um, you know, a, a white guy, you know, like learning about this shit, like I was pissed, man. I was like, what the fuck, what, what are you talking about? How is this even like, why? You know, like, why would we do that to somebody? It's like saying that, you know, like, you know, um, a dog lover. Okay, well, we're going to, you know, we're going to beat that dog into shit and, like, you know, break them down. And, like, it's just terrible, man. And, like, also, too, like, the cats who are, like, you know, like, yo, man, don't get rid of the Confederate flag. I read something on the Internet about that. And it's like, look, I think that lasted, like, a short amount of time. Not, I think it was five years, dude. Like, five I mean, years, right? It's history. You know what I mean? Right. Like uh, they were making correlations online about like Game of Thrones lasted longer than the Confederate flag. And it's like, yeah, seriously. Letting go of that hatred too. Like, won't you feel better about yourself? Like the people like, you know, like who, who are carrying these negative thoughts around with them. And I'm sure you're just like me watching these viral videos, Sean King, you know, all these different things. Yeah. Like I saw this white guy, um, he was protesting. I'm not really sure where he was, but he was surrounded by, um, pro uh, you know um confederate flag supporters and he was a white guy supporting black lives matter somebody comes up clocks him right in the face yeah, cops saw that. About it. the cop says oh we were in a non-arrest mode and it's like look i didn't want you to arrest him but you could at least you know like it's his right to be there to protest and it's so That's backwards here in america man and it's such bullshit that like you know we can have white guys out there protecting the statue with ak-47s but a guy who falls asleep at a fucking Wendy's, loses his life. You know, I mean, like, he he had the taser, right? I saw all this argument, oh, he, he grabbed the taser. And it's, it's, and it's not a deadly weapon, okay? You could have shot him again with the taser, you know? Come on, man. Listen, it, it gets so deep, man. It, it's so deep-rooted, Bob. And, uh, I mean, I could talk about this shit for hours, like, and I don't, I don't try and, like, make myself just like, yo, I, I've been on this shit, but the plainest way I can say it is I've been on this shit, man. Like I, I give a lot of credit to my, my father, uh, Kevin senior, because I, I honestly, man, like not that I'm in preparation for anything crazy, but like I've, I've known what, what this system was like long before it even affected me. You get what I'm saying? Directly. Yeah. I mean, my first encounter with uh, police brutality or uh, misconduct of any kind came at a young age you know what I mean I was I think I was probably 12 I was I, I was going out to a, um, a teammate's birthday party I played for a team out in uh, the county because I was gifted 
So, <laughs> no, but I played football for, I played Pop Warner ball for a team in Southerton, PA. And I'm from North Philly, but long story long, one of my coaches was out there and he brought me out there with him. So I made friends with him. Like, there's my first, you know, time where I was being introduced to white culture and getting diversified in that way because everybody in my neighborhood were black or, or Latino, you know what I mean? So um, we were going out, my mom was driving me and my cousin out to this birthday party for my teammate. And it was at a place called Skate 309 out Montgomery County. And um, I'll never forget, I was like 12, we were in the back of the car. And um, actually my grandma was with us too. My grandma was a cop in, in Philly. So my mom and grandma in the front, me and cousin in the back. And we get up to like the turning of this, of this skate park or this indoor skate rink. And there was like a lot of cops out there. Like they were doing like routine stops or something, probably checking for like DUIs and shit. It was like a checkpoint. And uh, they flash a light in and you know, all the, all the crazy shit. And um, my grandma's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a police officer. She, you know, she gave her badge number, whatever. And was like, is this protocol? Um, and the cop literally verbatim told her that he'd kick her black ass if, he had, if she questioned his authority again. And um, you know, I, I'm gonna be honest, man, I cried and I was upset. Like I'm, I've always been like a little bigger than people in my class. And I always felt like I could just thump with anybody. Um, and I was, I was angry, man. I didn't want to go to the party, but my grandma and my mom were like, you know, it's important that you go, you know, show up for your teammates. You know, they, they, they love you and appreciate you, blah, blah, blah. You know, they gave a whole speech. But before I got out of the car, my grandma said, you know, to me and my cousin Vel, she's like, just because I wear this uniform doesn't mean I'm not fighting the same fight that you're fighting. And um, that, was, that was clear to me then. And I, I wasn't even a teenager yet. I was still wet behind the airs. And then, you know, fast forward, the shit goes on and on. You know, I think I was 17 in my, in my, my second real run-in. And that one even it got more serious as I got older and I became more of a threat to society. You get what I'm saying? And I was never a, a, a trouble starter. You know, I was always a good, you know, a good kid for the most part. Didn't mischievous shit. But, you know, for the most part, I was, I was good in school. I was an athlete. I wasn't into to the bullshit, you know. And um, me and my, me and my, uh, my homeboy, we were, we were leaving school. We had got out of school early. You know, we were juniors in, in high school. I, had, I was driving at the time, and uh, we hopped in the car. And um, we were going to meet some girls at another school. And a cop hops behind us. He pulls us over. And, you know, he tells us to put our hands on the, on the, on the, the, the dash. And I knew it was weird then. Obviously, I knew a little bit of the law. And, I, and like, my grandma, obviously, was a cop. So I knew certain things were out of line. But I was still, you know, I was scared. He told us to put our hands on the dash. And, and they come to the car with their weapons drawn. And um, he's like, you know, what do you guys got in the car? It smells like marijuana, blah, 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 blah. And at this time, man, listen, I wasn't touching no marijuana. I ain't never even had a beer at this time. I'm going to be 100% real with you. Um, just that I wasn't on and I was trying to go play ball at fucking USC. And, um, so I'm like, yeah, it's nothing in the car officer. Like, you know, you know, head down, hands down. Like there's nothing in the car, but plot. mind you all while there's a fucking pistol pointed at my dome and my, my boy's dome. He can attest to this story. And so the cop who's on my side, he goes, Hey, uh, what's in your, what's in your, uh, center council. I was like, nothing, you know? And then he's like, well, you know, can we search the cars? Like, not without a warrant. You know, the whole the whole deal. I learned that from Jay Z. Thank God for Jay Z, man. Okay, I, 
I remember and, that uh, year, man. I was like, dude, I'm using this. I was the Black Album. And, and so, and then he goes, he goes, well, open your center council. So now I'm a little confused. My jump, junior in high school, I don't know. I, he can't search my car, but if he tells me to open my center council, am I supposed to do it? So, you know, it was before smartphones and all this shit. So I'm like, hey, man, if I open this center council, like, is that okay? Like, are you going to, like, are you going to blow my fucking brains out? You know yeah. what I mean? And uh, he's like, just open it. So I, I said a quick Hail Mary or whatever the hell I said. I prayed to Allah, Jesus. I prayed to everybody at that point. And I opened the center council. And only thing that was in there was a fucking uh, butterscotch crimpet. It was a tasty cake. I used to keep those in my car for after practice. And when I opened it, him and his partner saw it and they laughed. And mind you, they're laughing freely with guns, like, just in, their, in the fucking hand. And, you know, they let us off. But as they're letting us off, like, yeah, get on. I'm like, well, what were we pulled over for? You know what I mean? Never, ever explained that. And um, at that point, my homie Zeke was like, yo, let's just get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? So we, we, we rolled off. And, you know, and it happened how it happened. But, I mean, I could go on and on for how I've been racially profiled. And those, those were instances where it wasn't even as bad as the shit I've gone through as an adult. You know, it's just, um, it's, 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 it's time to, I'd like for you to, you can talk about it. Tell me. Yeah, yeah. Tell oh, me. For sure. Um, uh, that was, that was 17. So now fast forward, <clears throat> I'm now, uh, old am I now? I moved out to Florida. So this was after Nordstrom, me and Chris moved out to Florida. And, uh, this was probably the worst situation I'd ever been in. I'm working for a construction company, a concrete company out in Florida. And I'm, my job is I'm, I'm a project manager at our, our rock queries, our aggregate plants. So I'm like traveling up and down from South Florida to fucking Northern Florida, as far as like Jacksonville sometimes, right? And um, so I go from, uh, I get up to, Orlando area. It's like one of the smaller towns outside of Orlando is Davenport, Florida. And uh, we had a, a rock quarry out there. Mind you, you get on this plant, all the guys that work there are uh, just flat out say it. The, the first couple times I had been in this area, I knew that they didn't like me. Uh, I got into, I was put in charge to manage these old white, far right Republican Confederate flag, tote, gun toting motherfuckers. And um, I was put in place to manage their, their job site. So the first couple of times I went up there, I went up with my boss and then an, another like area manager who was a dude by the name of Gerald. Uh, Gerald was a really good dude. He's white dude. You know, he was, he was a gun to a Southern boy, but for, for lack, for, you know, for the most part, he treated me fair and he was, he never did anything that I would have to question. Right. So Gerald was cool. And my boss was a dude, a Mexican dude by the name of Antonio Martinez. Um, so the first couple of times I went on that trip, I had to go with them to kind of learn the people I was going to be dealing with. And when I got there, there was an old white dude by the name of Tommy Diener. Um, this dude didn't like me. He's blatantly flat out. He didn't say it, but he said it. Uh, there was one instance where I came in and, and uh, we were basically doing like a, like a lean transformation type project where we were trying to cut out some of the waste of, you know, get more lean and, you know, get more, uh, we were trying to be more, uh, what's the word? I can't even think of it, but sustainable, um, as a company. So, you know, I'm going through it and you know, I'm showing them how to use technology and shit, you know, and I know they didn't like me. I walk on the fucking campus and there's you know, they've got their shotguns and Confederate flag. I can't lie to you. Like this is some real shit on, on a work site. So 
you know, I'm, I'm still being respectful, blah, blah, blah. And he just flat out said it one day. He was like, yo, man, uh, if they expect me to listen to you <laughs> and, and anybody of your kind, then, you know, they might, as well send, they might as well send me home now. And he was the manager of the plant. So I'm like, listen, man, it ain't got to go that way. I'm here to do a job. You're here to do a job. You know, trying to, trying to talk it down or whatever. And from that day, I, I never felt comfortable going out there, but I knew I had a job to do. And, and for the most part, they didn't pose as a, a direct threat because I was technically uh, their boss, right? So I'm like, oh, you ain't got to like me, whatever. So I, I let my boss know that, like, hey, man, Tommy ain't really, you know, he ain't feeling me. His, his crew, they, you know, they follow him. Like, they ain't feeling me. And, you know, it was kind of out there, right? So my last and final trip to this exact plant, I get out there. Um, I'm on the job. And, you know, we're packing up for the day. It's probably like, you know, five, whatever, five o'clock. Sun's still up. It ain't dark or nothing. But, you know, you want, you want these, like, back, back, backwoods. Like, that's where they put these fucking rock quarries and shit at. Like, they ain't in the middle of no fucking city. So I'm packing everything up. <clears throat> and... This is still a conspiracy of mine, but I'll tell the story. So I'm packing everything up in my, I got like, I'm written like a Chevy Cruze for work. So it's not tinted. It's just like a regular, you know, it's a rental car. It'll get you from point A to B. Pack everything up that I needed in there. And I'm like, I'm, I'm done. Like I was there for a few days and I'm about to drive back to um, West Palm where I was living. So I hop on this two lane highway. I can't, I still, I blocked some of this shit out of my mind, but I can't remember the highway, but it's a two lane, like, you know, backwood, you know, shit. So I hop on the highway, I'm, I'm driving, and you know, I'm going one direction. So coming at me in the opposite direction, uh, there's a big red pickup truck, and they got like the Confederate flags, like, you know, they, they put them in there, like, the, like the, the, the flag posts on the trucks. So I'm like, oh shit, man, that, like, and so I didn't think much of that, you know, in Florida, you see that shit pretty normally, you know, pretty regularly, as long as you don't come my way with the bullshit. So I'm driving. Dude, all I know is they look in the car. I don't have no tents. They, they hit a hard U-turn and hop behind me. So I'm like, the fuck? So, you know, I'm, I'm looking in my rear view. I'm looking out. And, I, you know, on, on, a, on, a, on the passenger side, I look through my, my rear view mirror. I see dude, like, out the side of his car, like, cock a shotgun. And he's holding it. So now I'm, like, freaking the fuck out. And mind you, like, I don't got, like, no service like, this shit is, like, fucked up. I, I really, really thought, was, like, I was, I was nervous and scared for my life at this point. So I'm driving out of Florida, and the main highway is, like, Highway 17. So I know if I get to 17, there's, like, a, there's some traffic lights. There's a fucking strip mall and all this shit. So I'm flooring it. And, like, you know, off to the sides, there's, like, those, like, cornfields. Like, it, like I'm in the fucking country, bro. So um, I find like I get away from these dudes and like as I get I'm starting to get to civilization they they pull off and you know they they turn back around and go in their direction whether it was to scare me or what it was it was some fucked up shit um so I get out and I'm like I'm flagging down the first cop I see like my phone literally I had no signal so I pull over to this uh strip mall and there's a there's like a Publix market and some other shit in there and I see a cop so I flag him over and I'm like, yo, I was just a, like a victim of a hate crime. Like these dudes, like they were cocking shotguns and, you know, you know, really on my ass, like riding my bumper. I don't know what they were going to do, but, you know, and um, he's like, put your hands on the, on the, on the curb. So I'm out of the car. He's like, sit down, put your hands on the curb. So I'm like, excuse me? So he's like, you heard me. So I did it. And then he's like, um, he's like, what's your, what's your nature of your business? Why are you here? So I'm like, 
I'm, I'm coming from work. Like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm confused as just as he. And uh, so he's like, he's like, where do you work? All the questions. I'm like, well, I work for Cement Mexico, blah, blah, blah. He's like, um, do you have any documentation to prove it? I'm like, no. Like, I mean, I, mean, I could, I was like, I could call my boss. And, you know, he's like, well, you're going to sit here and, uh, until um, I get a hold of your boss. So we call Antonio, literally. So I call Antonio and, you know, he, he verifies that I work for the company. Now this cop tells me that I can't leave until Antonio comes and picks me up. Um, you know, so it was just a whole shit show. Antonio actually showed up, you know, showed his Cimex ID. But, you know, even then, like, Antonio's a Mexican-American, so the, the guy wasn't too fond of him either, but he showed up with ID that we worked in Cement Mexico. And uh, he let me up, and I'm like, dude, like, when I got up, I was hot. I'm like, you know, I was I was a victim here, and, and you know, you don't even ask, you know, what, what happened with that situation. And I kid you not, man, Dude literally told me not his problem and like hopped in his whip and, and peeled off. Um, so, you know, I, I have theories that maybe that dude that didn't like me, that, that I was his boss, maybe called his boys like, hey, he hitting up on this, blah, blah, blah. Maybe just to try and scare me, get me to quit. So you know, I'm no longer his boss. I don't know. Um, but man, I, I never been more frightened and, and felt more, you know, offended. You know, in my life, man, I really felt like even just with, you know, aside from what those white supremacist dudes were up to, the, the, the part of the law where you're supposed to protect and serve, which just failed on my end a thousand percent, man. Um, but I've seen that all my life, man. Wow. I, first off, thanks for sharing that story. It's terrible that that happened to you and it should never happen. And it's just, I mean, this is what's going on in America is that the shit been going on a long time, man been gone yeah, sure. on way longer than iPhones existed and Androids existed. So you could see it in the comfort of your own homes. This is something that needs to be resolved and it needs to be, it needs to be fixed for the greater good of humanity, man. You can't like somebody shouldn't be fearing for their life. I mean, this, this cat, this old guy, Tommy, right. Or whatever. He probably didn't know shit about you except how you looked. He didn't know anything about who, who you were, hard work ethic, what a sports like star you were back in the day. You know what I mean? Like that, type of behavior in our country like it just doesn't make sense and it's like i mean like to justify behavior like that you know like and like you know i saw something recently you know that broke my heart it was like you know george lost his life you know eight minutes and 46 seconds this dude chauvin's got his knee on him right he dies right and then people are going on the internet sending chain oh. emails to each other saying, well, George Floyd did this shit back in the day and served time, so he got what he deserved. And it's like, what? He, so like the whole principle too in our, our culture and society is that you mess up and you're canceled. You're done, right? You, that's it, you're done. You only get one shot at this, right? Not, the, the story didn't talk about the fact that George left prison and then started trying to help kids, started trying to do the right thing. Like people thought, I was a menace to society when I was a teenager. Cops were always after me because yeah, right? I was taking out all my aggression. Like while you were doing hard work and doing the right thing, you know what I was doing? I was smashing everybody's fucking mailbox up here in Plymouth meeting with the baseball bat out the back of an F-150 because I was so angry, man. I was angry because um, like in the 90s, it was just a weird time, man. Like Cobain kills himself and shit. I can't listen to no rock music at all. I remember watching yeah. a movie called New Jersey Drive and be like, holy fucking shit, this is the real deal shit. 
start listening to hip hop music and then start learning more about what was going on in these communities and being completely like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe like, you know, I, I remember seeing boys, the men too, and just being like, this is really what's going on. Like, this is the shit, like, and it just shouldn't exist in society. And like the fact that people are so influenced by something that's different take the time to get to know some, you know, I mean, like also too, like, let's be honest, right? Some of these, some of these racist people are also people who enjoy black culture on a daily basis. Where do you think rock and roll came from, man? It didn't come from Elvis. You know what I mean? It all the time, man. You know what I mean? It's like people don't take the time to go back to the beginning and like, look at the, like I was talking about with history and stuff. And it's like, if more kids at a ver- kids are very smart. They've written that like you were saying earlier, They'll tell you the truth, right? Now, a baby will tell you the truth too, but like when there's a kid that's in like, say first grade, they're about six, seven years old, they are so in tune to the world. They are so in tune to the emotions and feelings that they see their parents behaving and emulating, right? Now, at an early age, if we start teaching these kids, hey, we have this problem in society where there's a great divide in between the peoples of America. And then one day they said no more. And look, here's the thing that's very, it's very hard for me to sit back and just say nothing about, right? Yeah. I live in the suburbs and, you know, I think it might've been Trayvon. I'm not really sure, but I remember like in the weeks after that, I start seeing, you know, there's black lives matters. Then all of a sudden I start seeing the blue lives matters popping up all over my neighborhood and shit. And like, I remember saying to my wife one day, I'm like, you know what that says, right? She's like, blue lives matters. I'm like, no, the deeper meaning behind that is there. You're not acknowledging that the system is fractured. You're not acknowledging the fact that there's racism in this country and they're supposed to serve and protect. There's a handful of cops that I know are good cops. In fact, I was reading a text message from a cop, can't say his name on the show here, but he basically was saying, everything you're saying, Bob, I agree with. There's good cops out there and we don't know what to do. I watched this video on TMZ about 20 minutes ago or half hour before we did the podcast, this um, white officer um, trying to get McDonald's in a drive-thru line and she's all upset because she's scared that She's, she, she might've gotten poisoned by the workers in there and shit. And it's just like, look, they're not attacked. The thing is police brutality in our system should not exist. The correlation should. between a police officer should be, should be the same as Iron Man, the Black Panther, Thor, Spider-Man, Miles Morales. They, they should be looked at to somebody. When they come, it's like Superman's here to save the day. Not get down, put your hands on the curb and call your boss. Like that shit ain't even a law. You're, you're a human being traveling to and fro. Do not mess up my pursuit of happiness, you know? And it's like, I firmly believe that educating, and then also too, like, you know, defunding the police. A lot of people don't understand that shit because like I said, they don't like to read. It ain't no about way. the fact that they're trying to get rid of these officers. They're right. trying to restart the system in a way that works better for society. And that's what I want, man. I want to have some sort of, you know, like, like you were saying that your, your, your grandmom was a, it was an officer as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I love what she said too, is like, don't think that I'm not out here for the same reason as you. And it's like, look, we all, like some, some of us want equality, man. And we want it more than ever, man. We want to have a society where, you know, I mean, like for one, I'm going to teach, I mean, I'm already teaching my kid, you know, he's four years old. He sees these things on the news. I'm telling him like, look, you got to love everybody, you know? And like, he knows that I struggle with it. I struggle with seeing this and not saying anything. And like, you know, it's just, it's just, a, it's a hard thing to, to, to swallow that we are here in 2020 still dealing with the same shit. You know what I mean? Like we had, you know, the civil war, then we had, you know, 
like, you know, the era of like, you know, Malcolm X and like Martin Luther King and like all these changes, the Jim Crow laws, everything. And then like, you know, now we're here in 2020 again, it has to stop and it has to move forward in a way where we're like open up, like, you know, like, what do you think about like this whole thing in Seattle with the Chaz? Are you familiar with that? Is that with the, 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 uh, the Antifa where he set up like the, the yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like a DMZ, it's like their own zone. Yeah. Like I was blown away by that. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like there's a there's a place in America where this is going on. And it's like I heard that they're going to like come in there and stuff like that. But at the same time, I think that as a as a as a theory of optimism, we have to be more open to the fact that yes, we need better education in our schools. We need to have the police reformed, similar to you know a lot of people are talking about Camden. There's other places that have done it too as well. I know Camden's yeah. close to where Camden we are. was successful with it. They, they did it. Yeah, and it's like, you know what? I mean, like, let's get that change, man. Let's make this happen. And it's like, let's share these stories. You know, like, these, this is what I want. I, I want, like, to be able to share, like, the stories that you told me today, I will never forget. You know, I will never forget Appreciate that. What, how you felt when that red pickup truck turned around and you're just covered in, you know, there's corn on both sides and you don't know if you're going to live or die just because some cat didn't like the color of your skin. And it's like, I don't, I don't want to live in a world that way no more, man. I don't want to partake in not educating people that they need to be better, you know, like, and like to get rid of this, this type of racism that's institutionalized in these people. And it's like, look, racism exists in many, many different forms, right? It's terrible. Like white people though, with their Confederate flag. And I mean, here in my neighborhood, Kev, like about like, I would say about half a mile over this way, there's a guy who um, flies three flags, the American flag, the VFW flag, and the Confederate flag, right? And when I first moved into the neighborhood, I could not believe that shit. I couldn't believe it, man. Yeah. One night I got real pissed off. My wife was, uh, she was like, Are you, you, you're probably going to lose your life for this. But <laughs> I took a sign and I wrote missing, you know how like you like, you know, like a telephone pole, you'll see like missing dog and there'll be numbers and shit. I wrote missing racist. Then I wrote in parentheses, never mind, found him with an arrow pointing right at his house. Yeah. That shit was taken down the next day. But you know what, dude? Like, it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen here in our, like, to have hate. In, like, I was telling, some, saying this to somebody the other day. It's like, look, you really think that the hate that you live with here in your heart during your lifetime is going to be rewarded in the next? You really think that the amount of, like hate that you put out is going to have, it's going to have a repercussion, you know? And like and a lot of, a lot of times, like you're saying, like religion and patriotism, it masks that I'm talking about being a decent human being, you know? And like, we're all going to the same place. You know what I mean? Like it, various different versions of what people stay here, can't do. stay here forever. Yeah. You can't stay here forever. And it's like, why not do good? And I'm super inspired to the fact that, you know what, these protests are continuing, you know, they're continuing daily. I mean, here in, Plymouth meeting we have this guy Joe Gale it's a commissioner here he lives about three miles from my house here he wrote some racist shit put it out claiming that Black Lives Matters is uh, akin to a terrorist organization I'm not sure if you're familiar with that crazy shit right this guy is our commissioner here in, in, in Pennsylvania and he's writing that stuff to top it off before I was you know with Nordstrom I was a teacher he was my student I tweeted him and said yo I should have educated you better but um I mean 
I would like to get him on my show. And like, I would like to ask him questions about how, where are you making these assumptions from, you know? And like, where, are you, where is this coming from? And like, really to get to the root of racism, we have to be able to take a really hard look at ourselves. You know what I mean? Like, and like, to, to be inspired to do something to make that change happen. And I really hope that this movement here in 2020, and I'm talking about the Black Lives Matters movement, and I'm talking straight up about like the fact that, yes, that's what you should be saying. If you're saying all lives matters, Look, maybe your place is coming from a, a place of, you know, goodwill and stuff, but educate yourself, read about that shit and figure it out. Because you know what? That's not what, what matters right now. You're not all, not all people are leaving a work site and fearing for their lives with a dude having a shotgun out the side of the, the, the fucking truck with the flags. You know what I mean? Like that is terrifying, you know, and that terrorism is what it is. Terrorism. That's terrorism. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. The fact that, like, racism is just so... God, man, it just... It just sucks. And it's just, like, it's gone on for so long that, like, I welcome this change, and I, I hope that this change never stops. I hope that we continue to move forward in a way that society... I mean, like, look, I mean, like, it's already happening. Before we start recording this podcast today on June 17th, what did I just say? We're making all sorts of changes, man. It's like, I'm curious to to see what you think about this, but on TMZ, they just said, TMZ, uh, shout out nonstop here on this podcast. But uh, what does it say? Oh, it says, uh, first off, so they got rid of um, Aunt Jemima. They got rid of uh, all that. that, that, Which is, that's that's huge. First off, the NFL, how about the NFL being like, well, we're going to hire Colin Kaepernick and we believe like, that all black, like, like, yes, where were you a couple years ago for Colin? You know what I mean? And it's like, I, I have my own theory with that. Um, and I, I, and I said this to some of my, you know, my white allies and, and my friends and, and people who, you know, don't look like me. And I'll say it again. I really think that, you know, some of these, some of these uh, moves by these big corporations, whether it be, you know, National Football League or, or NASCAR or whoever, it might be genuine, it might be disingenuine, but there's an old saying that no press is bad press, right? So right now, yeah. if, if the NFL doing that out of, out of, you know, pure guilt or, you know, is disingenuine, they'll have to answer for that in another lifetime. But for right now, keep doing it. Shit, hell yeah, go ahead, hire Kaepernick. Get his ass back in there. He probably kicks him back. Too. I remember when Kaepernick, it was his second year, he scored me the most – fantasy football points ever it was like his i think it was his first game the second year san francisco 49ers i think he put up i can't recall really but i remember being like dude this guy's no joke you know what i mean and like dude i was i was inspired by that i was just like why is everybody so pissed off about this like this is there's some police brutality shit going on in our country and he's trying to make a statement to raise awareness so more people get involved and you're all angry at him and then somebody puts a knee or this officer Chauvin, he puts the knee on George Floyd's life and takes it. And now I'm reading also too that not only did the people who were standing there think that what was happening was completely unjust and wrong and criminal, but the 911 callers who were receiving the footage, I think, from the officer's cam, there's there's a whole record of them saying, "Yeah, I believe that this officer just fucking killed this man." The transcript is online if you'd like to read it yourself. But yeah, it's, it basically says, "Yeah, I just watched Officer 987 kill a." Uh, a citizen in front of a Chicago blank store. And it's like Chicago Ave, excuse me. Yeah. And it's just like, the thing that I'm really inspired about is, is George. 
Right. George's life, right? I believe that everything is set for a purpose, really, right? Everything happens for a reason. It may be just like some sort of universe's mistake or I really believe that George from day one, from when he was born, was meant to do this. To, 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 he, he lost his life so that way people could wake up, you know? And like, look, we're dealing with COVID-19, right? Everybody's inside their house, right? And then all of a sudden something happens that inspires the young people, older people, middle, you know what I mean, whatever, whatever age, to leave their house and go into the streets and potentially risk their lives because yeah. they believe that this message needs to be heard. And I have never been more inspired by that. I think that that is just like the most beautiful thing that has happened in the year 2020. And a lot of people are like, oh, this is the worst year ever. I don't believe that, man. This is going to be the best year because this is the year that we're going to get shit right. You know what I mean? Like, You're right, man. I'm telling you. I've been saying it a while, man. And, um, you know, I, I think that uh, everything, everything happens for a reason. You're right. And, you know, it sucks that uh, George Floyd had to leave behind his, his family and his daughter. And, uh, but yeah, he, uh, he, he's going to change the world. And I think I heard his daughter say that on, uh, on Instagram that daddy changed the world is I think her quote. And uh, it woke me and it woke me up, you know, like, I mean, I've always been pretty adamant about everything. You know, I, I kept my foot on the gas with the, the whole uh, fight against racism and systemic racism and oppression. But, um, you know, me and my partner, uh, I don't know if, if you know, but me and my partner, Stephen, <laughs> Stephen Dodge, we partnered up after the Ahmaud Arbery situation. And um, it was because it, it was so familiar for me, but we partnered up and, you know, we, we in the works of developing our app, which is community, um, basically allowing us all to be community police, you know, um, where we'll, we'll be able to directly stream any incident and like, uh, like what happened to George Floyd, unfortunately. Um, and that that stream will tie directly into the superiors of that town and if they choose to show police neglect um that'll all be recorded and stored under our data um too so it god forbid but if it had to go to court uh, a lot of those things will hold up in court you could give commands from the app um and it's it's a clean you know no bullshit kind of app we're not putting any ad space or anything like that for any interruption um but right now you know the app has gone into production um and, you know, we're about, we like to say we're about 60 days out from, from the product. Um, but, you know, our goal is to, is to save, potentially save a life, man, because we, you know, we're both tired of seeing it. And Stephen Dodge does not look like me. You know, we, we became friends out in college. We've been friends ever since. And he's a white dude from the southern part of America. You know, he's from Richmond, Virginia, which if you know anything about history, you know, <laughs> Richmond, Virginia got a lot of those Confederate flags flying. Um, but, um, you know, me and him have always been tight. We've always seen eye to eye and, you know, him being the tech guru that he is and me being, you know, kind of like, you know, marketing guy and, and uh, creative director on the project. Uh, we got it. We got together and we just said enough is enough, man. And my dad was a, was a key in that too, man. And just like his words kind of really struck me. And I'll leave you guys with that. But he said, if you want to win a fight, then you use your fist. If you want to win a war, you got to use your brain. So. That's kind of how we, uh, we, we, we spin the thing and conjured it up. You know, we were using our brains, and that's, that's the strongest muscle I have, contrary to popular belief. So that's what we do. I think that's great, and I think that, you know, you are definitely, like, an influencer. Like, you know, that word gets thrown around a lot, like, on social media and stuff like that. But, look, if you're going to raise awareness for something and influence somebody, what better product to have than an app that can help save lives? 
Um, before we go, I just want to give you a couple um, shout outs here. You also have a podcast that people can check out on Instagram, Kicks, Cleans, and Coffee. You want to talk about that just briefly? Yeah, man. Uh, Kicks, Cleans, and Coffee, man. That's, uh, that's everything that I kind of live every day. That's my mantra, if you will, that turned into a podcast. Um, it actually started <clears throat> about two years ago. We were, uh, me and my buddies, we, we all, you know, we all Olympic weightlift. We're all into sneakers. We're all into coffee. Um, it was pretty simple to put it all together, but we uh, we put on a, a community event, which was the Kicks, Cleans, and Coffee Throwdown Liftoff. It was basically where we had a bunch of lifters from all over the Northeast come out, and we performed a competition-style Olympic weightlifting where we were competing for sneakers, some of the most hyped sneakers on the fucking planet. Uh, but in the in that competition, you know, we win these sneakers and then uh, – they'd be up for auction. So, like, you'd have an option to – if I won head-to-head with someone, I then won a pair of Yeezys. I then had to either sell them at retail or donate them to uh, at-risk teens group we partnered with here in Jersey City. And um, it went really well. We donated just over $600 from the event and uh, over, like, 300 pairs of shoes. We got shoes from all over. We had people sending us shoes from San Francisco and Florida all over – um, and it was a great cause, man. And, and that's kind of how the whole thing started. We were just trying to give to, you know, under, underserved youth and at-risk teens here in, in the city. And, you know, they came out, they supported. Um, Shouts out to New City Kids of Jersey City. Um, and we built relationships with those kids too, man. And it was, it was, it was great to like, kind of put that on. And from there, that's kind of how the podcast started. We wanted to talk about what we had done and, and you know, try and partner with more groups Mm-hmm. And we were like, yo, let's, let's put it on a podcast. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's, you know, let's laugh, joke, and blah, blah, blah. But all, all, in all seriousness, let's talk about what good is going on from it. And that's kind of how it started. I'd like to, uh, I mean, like, once life gets back together, like some of the, on the like, rooftop concerts and events that I do, I'd like to uh, partner up and do something together like that and where we could, you know, do something good for the community. Um, yeah. I'm super stoked that I, I met you all those years ago, you know. Um, I've, uh, you know, I, we haven't seen each other in real life in a few years, but I've, I followed you online and I've always been inspired by your message and your positivity. And, um, you know, I wish you the best and I really appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing your stories. Cause I mean, I'll never forget that story, man. I, and I'll, you know, and I, I think that will, it will, it can help people understand like what's going on and how we want this change and why black lives matter. A hundred percent black lives matter. Um, before we tell um, friends of Nordstrom, um, I'm just going to put this out there, you know, um, leave on a, a light note here. Um, I think that it's time for Isaac Wendell to organize another night of boxing. There was a party that happened a few years ago where Ket yeah. over here was the ref. And yeah. I got to be honest, it was probably the best party that I've been to in the last decade. You know what I mean? At the 2013. Banger. Bring it back, dude. Okay, when COVID's over, let's have fight night come back, okay? We need it. it breathe it in. Not round two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, look, I, mean, like, I do believe that, uh, I mean, Josh is in better shape, and yeah. Ben Wendell, he's in better shape. I'd love yeah. to see them two fight again, man. Oh, man, it, it'll be a great time, man. It was, it was so much fun. Even leading up to that, man, training with Josh, Kenny, everybody, man, like, Oh man, it'd be great. That was uh, lit, dude. <laughs> I think I had if like I had to come out of retirement. They could find a heavyweight. I might do it. Yeah, man. It was such a great night. Uh, Kenny versus Isaac. I never seen two yeah. friends fight that brutally 
and then afterwards, like literally give each other hugs sitting together. It was a great night. You know what I mean? But um, so put that out there to the world that we need to organize it again. So Isaac, I'm looking at you right now. Um, you, I got that video on YouTube too. I'll send you the link. Uh, yeah, send me that, man. I'd love to see it. But um, yeah. once again, my name's Bob, and this has been another episode of Bobcast.